Hi, my name is Jamie Lynch, and you are listening to Eating Habits, my podcast about everything restaurants. I will explore the human element of the hospitality business, and I'll talk to the who's who in restaurants, explore their stories, and hear what's on their minds in the ever-changing landscape of the food and beverage industry. Hello there, listeners. Welcome back to the Eating Habits podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Lynch. In this week's episode, I was invited to sit down with Katie and Joe Kindred, the power couple behind their namesake restaurant, Kindred, Hello Sailor, and Milk Bread in Davidson, North Carolina. I hope you enjoy listening to our rendezvous where we discuss professional growth, company culture, and their new restaurant project in downtown Charlotte. I want to apologize in advance for some technical difficulty we experienced around the 21st minute, and there's an abrupt ending when my computer battery died. I promise to plug in in the future when I start recording, um, and I'll definitely have Joe and Katie back on the show to you know, talk about their future projects. Hope you enjoy the show. I'm Katie Kindred. Um, we own Kindred Studio, which has uh, Kindred, our restaurant in Davidson. It has Hello Sailor and a couple milk breads. This is my Who are you? Hey, I'm Joe Kindred. Um, don't really know what my title is. I just try and help out whenever I can. Um, but uh, I pretty much just listen to my boss, who's my wife, and uh, that's what I do. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like you got it all figured out. <laughs> yeah, good for you. Finally, it's like you, you dropped the chef title. You're like, I'm just a helper now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Awesome, cool. So this is going to be fun. I think I'm trying. I was trying to think on my way over here when we first met, and I think. I think that you were working at Good Food because I was working for Bruce Moffat at the time yep. um, as his like CDC at Barrington's. Mm -hmm. He was just opening Good Food. Mm -hmm. um, I think you were working there. I was the GM at Good Food, I think six months in or four yeah, months so, in. So, so not the opening. Yeah, but you, but yeah. so you started while I was at Barrington's right. and I think you were, were you working with Noble Uptown? Noble. Yeah. Okay. Jim Noble. I think at the time we didn't have Uptown yet, but I was at the Roosters in South Park. Okay, cool. So. And so what year was that? That might have to have been uh, 2009? I think 2010. Because we moved from San Francisco in 2010. Yeah, we got married. Okay. No, we got and married in 2009. We moved out right. in 2010. Yeah. <laughs> this used to be a podcast of us like trying to remember. Trying to what, remember. Trying to remember what happened. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Okay, awesome. So it's been a hot minute. Yeah. Um, and so from there, you guys, you know, you, you guys met in Chicago. Is that right? Right. So we both worked in a hotel together at um, the Ambassadors Hotel. I was the wine director and he was a sous chef, right? Mm -hmm. it, yeah. So we worked in an office together there. Gotcha. Um, in met an office together. Sous chefs worked in an office? Well, we never really like... <laughs> It, we're doing the same thing because you were like AM sous chef and I was doing all the wine programming and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. So we only kind of encountered each other in the office, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was fun. Cool. Um, and then did, did you guys, how long, how long were you guys in Chicago together? Like when did you decide to move Ooh, to Charlotte? Man. Okay. So, Cause you're, you're from the Charlotte area. Yeah. yeah okay. And you're from, I'm from Chicago. Okay, cool. So yeah. you met in her hometown. That's right. And then dragged her <laughs> over here. Well, <laughs> it didn't take much drag. No. Yeah. We, when we were in Chicago, 
um, and, and started dating. I had already had a plan to move to Italy for, to work for a chef and a winemaker out there for just a couple months. And he came out to visit, and we got, actually got engaged when You're he came out right. to visit. Yeah. Sorry. And um, then we moved back to North Carolina for just a second, like literally. So a you guys were sweet. You guys were sweethearts at that time. Yeah. When you went yeah, to Italy, we were, you guys were. Yeah, exactly. We were dating, and then okay. we took a road trip across to move to San Francisco, and cool. we lived out there for a couple of years. And then when we got married, we decided we wanted to settle back here closer to family. San Fran's hard. It's expensive. It is. And it was like, it's even worse now, but I mean, yeah, yeah, we were, but we were literally there to work. You know what I mean? So we had one plan and it was go work, work for a chef that inspires you. And he came from actually probably more fine dining in Chicago than I was doing. And then I was the, and then we kind of flip flopped. He went to like the neighborhood, um, Italian, uh, Delfina Pizza and mm-hmm. Delfina oh, yeah. uh, restaurant. So, and that was when Craig was probably at the top of his game. He won the James Beard Award that year, and all this, which was really cool for them. And then I worked for Michael Tusk at Quince. So I went to mm. the super high end fine dining, and he yeah. went to the more neighborhood spot. So it was good. It was like it stretched us both. Do you remember what year you were in San Fran? We were two thousand and eight. 2007, the end of 2007 to 2009. We, I think we may have been there this, no, no, I was there in the 90s. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like 97. No, that's before. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. I was in high school in 97. Stop. Stop it. How old are you? I'm 40. Are you really? 4 Yes, you guys, sir. You guys are looking so great. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just had the, was I had my 48th? birthday oh i know right thanks yeah well my fiance's got me in the gym she's like yeah if this thing's gonna last you gotta like take care of it and i like quit drinking and doing all that stuff all that partying and stuff i got i stopped doing that a few years ago so that helps yeah okay cool so let's let's get to here now yeah to charlotte um we meet um i think Right after barrington's is when i started the five church project Mm -hmm. which we which is now church in union uptown and that's when I think you and I met is yeah. kind of when we started kicking around uptown and we would come yeah. to the roosters all the time. You guys had opened yeah. that spot. I think just a little know, bit after you guys. Was it after? Or be- I thought it was before, but maybe I think I, I can't remember. Oh, maybe it was... it was just just after. Yeah. Like so, not far after, like a month or two, I think. Yeah, it was it was right around the similar time. And, you know, we we loved what, um, you know, Bruce was doing at Barrington's and what you guys were doing over there. And. Um, you know, it was just a great opportunity for me. Like it was my first time really getting to like open a restaurant where mm-hmm. like, you know, I helped, you know, obviously chef noble did all the, you know, big kind of big picture things, but like he would let me like pick out, you know, small wares and things of that nature. So it was really, um, really helpful and educational for me to like realize all the ins and outs that it took to open a restaurant. And, um, you know, he empowered me to kind of, you know, he let me make a couple mistakes and things of that over order, under order, things like that. Um, which I think only helped, you know, in the long run, it helped his company as well as educate me because, you know, we went on to, um, work together for years and had a great working relationship. Yeah. You guys crushed it. I mean, I think I I really love that the live fire thing you guys were doing up there is like super good. And the food was, is was super high quality but like simple yeah right and that kind of food to me i love like i love it and i think people appreciate it yeah but what i don't think people get is how difficult it is to do it 
right. to do it well, right? Yeah. Because there's nowhere to hide yeah. in food like that. You no, know, that's that's kind of how I feel about the pizza thing now is like there's not a whole pl- a lot of places to hide in that. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, you guys did that really well. You look at like a lot of his projects, like even Noble Smoke, you know, it's just like salt, pepper, smoke. And mm-hmm. like that was his thing that I think I walked away from the most is like don't don't overdo do something don't overthink it which chefs you know we tend to do oh, a yeah. lot big time um and i think even when you're working with wood like it's 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 so nuanced like you know you can't overpower the dish itself because then it's going to get lost in the you know the grill flavor or the smoke flavor whatever you're doing but at the same time like i think you also have to like you know, everything you do, you have to be strategic when you're cooking with wood. Like, you know, you got to have some sort of fan situation to like, you know, if your wood's wet, it's like a nightmare. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? I so, do. but yeah, it was fun. We had like a little chalkboard menu that, um, I wasn't able to really like necessarily change the main menu. Um, that was, you know, kind of like his baby. And then like we would have an insert menu. We called it the special menu that we changed every night. And we would work with like lots of local farmers and things like that. And then we had this chalkboard menu that we would change every week that was really fun that, like, Katie actually would um, pull down every week and she would, like, write on it. And it was it was really yeah, fun. Had the person with the, the good writing up yeah. there to, like, put it on there. Yeah, exactly. So but um, that was always really fun. I think, like, when we opened that restaurant, we really wanted it to be, like, a place the industry folks could come to. And we had hoped to stay open until, like you know, stay open late and things of that nature. And I mean, I, I, from what I hear, it's just absolutely crushing it right now. So, yeah, I mean, uptown's a madhouse. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Although South end is definitely doing a lot of pull, like a lot of draw from the uptown crowd. Yeah. Uh, but I think that that, I mean, I think eventually that firecracker has to burn out and it will like even out again. For you sure. Know, it's kind of like the big trend is like to be yeah. South end, but I think eventually it's all going to kind of just like merge into one. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, that's, that's what that's we're hope anyways. like. We're excited with the new location that we're about to open or we're growing under construction here shortly is that we feel like it's kind of on the right side of uptown. Like mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, it's kind of on that South and not the right end. I should say like, we're just excited about the new growth in that area yep. um, and the accessibility to South end. Yeah. Like, it's like, a, it's like a merging point. Yeah. You know, it's like that, yeah. that kind of always felt like, you know, like the, the off limit zone, right? Where, where the, the highway kind of cuts through and it's like, okay, yeah. there's this block, couple blocks of just dead space. Yeah. And now it's starting to fill in with hotels and yeah. really cool stuff, new buildings going up. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the new spot since you brought it up. Yeah. So oh, wait, before you go there, let me ask you, cause you touched on something about, um, the difficulty with the smoke salt and like the subtleties of cooking that way. Did you start to develop that cooking style working with noble? And that, or is that something that kind of been kind of brewing in the back of your head from your cooking perspective before that? I would say I, I need to give all that credit to, to Noble. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we, you know, I, I had just like worked on six burners and like, you know, French tops and things of that nature. So I, I completely had like no, like no idea how to do it. But I started working with him when I was like 19 mm-hmm. um, from my internship of Johnson and Wales and Char. Er, I'm sorry, I went to the Johnson Wales in Charleston. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was like one of the second to last graduating classes or something. Um, and so that was literally like my first time working with like wood. And I like walk in and I see this big grill and this huge wood burning oven. And I'm like, what the heck is yeah. this? Uh-oh. And I just, I was like, <laughs> how do I, yeah, how do I, how do like, I start that? Yeah. Like, this is awesome. Like, <laughs> do where I do I turn go? that on? Yeah. Why do um, I make that go? <laughs> but yeah, um, needless to say, I was, I, I, I still think I'm, I'm much better saute cook than I am a grill cook. 
Um, but uh, nonetheless, like having that skill up your sleeve, I think is is really neat. You yeah. Know? So. yeah, yeah, it's hard. I, yeah. I, when I was working in New York, I was a saucier at Oriole with Charlie Palmer for like a year, and we had a wood burning wood burning grill, and that was the first time I'd used one of those. <clears throat> and I got moved from Garmage to saucier. It was like one day, like I, I went in there from Le Cirque and like worked in Garmage just to like show them what I had or whatever. And they moved me over to this grill. I never worked on one before. And we got that thing raging. And I was like, oh, what have I done? Like, I'm in the shit now. <laughs> like, because yeah. it, it's hard. I mean, they're hard to use and it changes like every minute. Yeah. Right. With like gas and stuff, you can you can adjust it. It's yeah. like, like nuanced cooking if you can get your cooks to like use the knobs, right. Like you can actually cook like at all different temperatures, but with wood, it, it, it like ebbs and flows and you have to be totally aware. It's like a yeah. whole different. It's cooking it, there, it, I think like wood fired cooking, like there's a whole new definition for a hot spot. Yeah. Like, like it's, it, it really takes that to a different level. And, um, you know, like I, I think like with the new spot, which we'll talk more about later, like I'm going to try and use a handheld blower. Okay. Like a battery, like a little battery, a little bat, you know, because then uh, so like you, you can, can get, get your fire ripping. Of... Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and that's, that's the thing is like, it's all about like balancing. I think like charcoal and wood and charcoal and wood. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I think the flavor from charcoal is really great, but then you get the smoke from the wood, yep. you know, and, and, you know, people always forget like charcoal gives off a really good amount of heat too. And it kind of can help you like cheat your fire a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, and it, and it burns a little bit like differently. It kind of like burns a little bit more consistent. Yeah. It's got um, a more even kind of burn. It yeah, feels like. for sure. Where like the wood, it's a log. Right. And so you have like this, you know, two foot long thing or whatever mm -hmm. it is. And then you got the heat directly above it. But then what happens, you know, six Over inches to either side, the, you know what I'm saying? So, yep. um, but yeah, I'm really excited. Like the grill is gonna, we're designing the grill. Um, with a company out of Texas, the same people that Noble use, and I'm kind of like making my own tweaks to it. Cool. Um, like it's what's gonna, the what's the what's the brand the company? It's J and R Manufacturing. Okay. Cool. So it'll have like a, a rotisserie spit on it, um, and then there's a couple different ledges, uh, and there's going to be like these. They're basically welding on these metal poles, mm -hmm. so that we'll be able to like hang things above oh, it, cool. whether yeah. it's like herbs fish bones or, or carcasses or herbs or garlic or yeah. whatever it is. Um, and that will probably be at like, my guess it'll be probably between like 175 and 225, like probably like 175 during prep time, 225 during the, um, busy part of service. And then the ledge below that will probably be like 270, 275. And that's where, where we'll like roast lamb shoulders and like, mm -hmm. you know, kind of more slow cooking things. Um, and then on the spit, we want to like, kind of have like, we're coming up with this dish that's kind of like a, it's almost like a mixed grill, which I've always thought are like, they're really tough to execute, mm -hmm. but we're going to take like different game birds, whether it's like Guinea hens or pheasants or poussons, whatever we can find, maybe chicken every now and again, we'll get them from Sammy or somewhere mm -hmm. like really nice and, and sourced well and, and spit roast them, break them down. Uh, like we'll spit them in the morning, break them down and then save all the bones after we break them down. That'll be like our, we're going to call it like our game bird stock, mm -hmm. um, reduce that down, probably cheat it with like chicken jus. Um, so it gets like nice and thick, like a mm -hmm. classical French sauce would. Yeah. And then we'll serve like a little bit of the white meat, a little bit of the dark meat, and then we'll make a sausage with all the scraps. Um, so I'm, I'm super excited about that. We'll take like these potatoes and we're going to have them cooked underneath the drippings. 
So like there'll be a little ledge to where we can set those there. Oh yeah. And, and collect, so it'll catch. Yeah, they just absorb all yeah. that goody dripping exactly. deliciousness. Yeah. You so. totally geek out on food, man. I love it. It's like, yeah, I just have to say yeah. one thing. He's like, okay, the rabbit hole. I love it, man. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So I'm excited about that. And then we're going to take the potatoes. That'll be like, you know, all like fat filled and delicious. Yeah. And um, we'll smash them. So they have like the little like crevices yeah. and then we're going to fry the hell out on of like them. a plancha or something. No, we're we'll doing the fryer deep town, deep town. We're going downtown to fry town. <laughs> Sometimes baby. you got to do it. Sometimes I just, you know what, man, <laughs> call me a redneck, but I love frying shit. You, you, know? you are Southern AF oh, for dude. sure. I, I, I love it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no. So, so we're really excited about that. And, um, you know, it sounds like it's, it's such like a, a simple thing to do, but like, we're going to put thought yeah. into like the rub, like all the spices that yeah. go and it'll change. Like if it's, you know, based on what type of bird it is, it'll be like, all right, well, we're going to go, you know, this kind of this vision and, and this, that, and the other. So we're, um, I, that, that's the dish I'm probably like the most excited about. Yeah. Um, so when are you going to start, have you been playing around with any of this stuff yet? Or like trying to just like bits and pieces, kind of like real rough, conceptual type stuff or have you been so we we've always kind of like so we we have a smoker it's it's a really cool story like our business partner um who's in kindred and as well as milk bread he he essentially he's been just an amazing supporter of ours Mm -hmm. and um he bought a toe behind cooker that i kind of encouraged him to buy it's the sam jones cooker or i'm sorry the pete jones cooker that is made by um bq grills out of uh somewhere in north carolina out towards the coast so he buys it and uses it one time and then he's like hey man you know what like congrats on all the success of kindred like you can have it and it's like a 7500 hundred dollar cooker yeah so like it lived in my driveway. It's lived behind Kindred. It's lived in Hello Sailor. Like it's, you know, it, yeah, it's, it's like migrating a, around. Yes, all the 100%. Different, it's, it's, it's responsible for launching all the concepts. Yes, basically. exactly. If not working out the menu, it's like feeding the staff or like, yeah. or just having a cookout. Yeah. So, um, and, and, and you know, like, like when we, at Kindred, when we did lunch, we would smoke our shoulders on it. And like, it was, they were, it was an amazing barbecue pork sandwich. Um, but so, I mean, like I've always been intrigued by like, you know, we have a, a, an oven pizza oven out back that is gas wood kind of dual fuel thing. Um, you know, I, I think like it's, this is just going to be like, it's going to be a mix of like kindred, hello sailor, a mix of kind of like everything that we do, but just done in, in like a, a unique, like. I, I really don't like calling Charlotte uptown. Like I want to yeah. call it downtown. Call it. It just makes whatever you want. It, man. To me, it doesn't make sense. You know, you're from I mean? here. Like, you can call it whatever you well, want. That's what I'm saying. Like you I know? just, you know, we're not going uptown. We're going downtown. You know, and but I don't know. So we're taking um, it downtown. Yeah, exactly. That's it. <laughs> so, bringing, um, so yeah, the Kindred's downtown. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna call it like DT or something. Yeah. I don't know. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's gonna come relatively natural to us. Like I've. I've been working on the menu for a while and and I feel like really, really excited about it. I think it's going to have like a little bit of everything. Like, you know, I think we can bust out the tweezers and have some fun, Mm -hmm. you know, but I think we can also like get the grill ripping and rip a steak and Mm -hmm. rip it well, um, thoughtfully sourced, you know, and, and knock on wood executed. Well, have you been watching like all the, 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 um, was it the Molman videos on, uh, like Francis Molman, Francis Molman stuff? That dude's a legend. He's um, crazy, dude. I haven't. I mean, I've seen some of it. Like, um, what is it? Was it the chef's table? That yeah, he I think it was the first thing he did was the like pop, like made everybody aware of like who he was. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, his planche of potatoes that he does, those are really killer. I know. That's what I started thinking about yeah. when you're talking about those fat trippers. I was like, that would be crazy good. Yeah. Um, and then uh, he also does, like, I don't know what it's called, but when they, like, they flay out the, the Asador. Jesus. Yeah. Like, yeah. what? Yeah. That's crazy yeah. town. So it, it seems, that seems really fun. So I'm, I'm excited. I mean, yeah, I think it's, you know, and it's not going to be all like, you know, that's the thing is I don't, I, one of my things, I don't love labels, right? Like, mm. I don't want them to say like, oh, this is Jamie Lynch. He's a, you know, whatever. Yeah, this, this chef. Is, yeah, this is that. Joe Kindred. He's a, you know, whatever. Southern like, chef. Yeah, you know, like I, I want to, and that's what we've always said with Kindred yeah. is like, we don't want to be like a farm to table restaurant. We don't want to be a this, like we want to be able to be inspired in the moment. And like, you know, when we come back from Italy, we want to be able to be like, Oh my gosh, like we're cooking this, yeah. like we're sourcing this type of clam and we're going to figure out where it came from and we're going to do it and have fun with it. And I think like, that's the goal of this restaurant is that it's not, we don't want it to be called like, Oh, the kindreds are open a wood fired kitchen. Like, dude, we're going to have a bunch of burners in there. And that's just like one piece right. and one element mm. that I think is just going to create different, like flavors in the food that I haven't been able to do thus far. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to be another nuance that it's like, Oh man, like let's, why don't we just smoke the bones for this? Or why don't we like, why don't we lightly smoke this, you know, trout and then, you know, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I just think it'll, it'll give us another, like another weapon, so to speak to yeah. play with, you know, I like it. Yeah. I think, I think that's smart. You know, we, I totally agree with you too. And I think that's why we, we jumped into the, like our group, fist Street group jumped into the, you know, the new American thing, which I'm totally over that moniker now too is like new american or like a modern american or what because like it's always changing mm-hmm. yeah. you know like our food's changing it's it the food that we do and i think you do this too is like you just grab i like i get inspired by different cultures mm-hmm. and it changes mm-hmm. you know when we were doing the charleston restaurants it was west african stuff because of the whole slave culture stuff and i was like i just started reading about it and thinking about it and i was like okay cool started using all those spices and and field peas and like all this kind of stuff. Um, and then it changes right now. I'm on to like some other, whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And, I, and those influences always show up in the food. Yeah, yeah. Like we just can't help it. Right. Like that's how we communicate yeah. with yeah. people. So it's going to be there. And then having those labels just kind of, I don't know, it feels constricting. Yeah. You for know, sure. it feels like you're, um, anyway. Okay, cool. So let's talk about the design. Katie, tell me about the design. <laughs> what, do, what do we got going on? Okay. Um, We're back. Yeah. So I think, you know, as far as design in general, I think when we opened Kindred, we had always sort of envisioned that being our flagship. You know, we named it our last name. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like home base. Um, and that restaurant, you know, the idea was to have it be this kind of like, timeless you know fit right into davidson feel um that's almost like an extension of our home right Mm -hmm. but we also wanted to make sure that every time we open something new we're stretching ourselves creatively you know and that that obviously with the food but then also with the service and the design and and all the little details that i think go into making great restaurants so i think with this uh, like and like for example we would never open Hello Sailor downtown. You know what I mean? Right. Like yeah. we opened it because it was on the lake. So the space right. oftentimes kind of like guides the design and also honestly even just like the, the idea for what restaurant's going to be, the food, all of it. So I think with the idea of going downtown, um, 
we wanted to kind of like scale everything up a little bit yeah you know and like we went up to manhattan to when you say scale it up you're gonna fancy it up a little bit well i Is think that yeah the materials yes but also like the physical scale of okay. things yeah. you know because we we normally don't stay in midtown but we we wanted to go to new york and stay just like really kind of in that um like Grand Central Station, yeah, like, like yeah, exactly. And we visited yeah. a lot of like the finer hotels and more some more high end restaurants, and um, everything is just scaled up a little bit, yeah. right? It's just yeah. a little bit bigger. Everything just feels a little bit more grand, like that. So, so that was a, a, a sort of the vision for for this space is, and you know, and I think that every proper city needs some restaurants like that downtown. I think sure. like La Belle Helene is a per- perfect example. Yeah. Big scaled up mm-hmm. downtown, beautiful food, you know, beautiful space. And I think like cities need restaurants like that. For so sure. we, um, you know, we felt like we could, we could tackle it. So we're like, it's a big space. It's got very, very tall ceilings. How, how so, big is it? What is it? 58? It's like 55 or 5,800 okay. square feet. But yeah. again, it's going to be two spaces. They're connected by the kitchen, but you wouldn't know it. Yeah. Like you're, they're going to be in totally separate areas. But um, so yeah, it's, it's a pretty big space. It's got some very tall ceilings. It had, it was a challenging, it's probably the most challenging mm-hmm. um, design I've had to do yet, just because there was a lot to deal with like lots of pipes. It was, I mean, they built it to be a restaurant, but the priority was, of course, the building above it. Right. So yeah. there's the rentals, all the kinds of pipes on. to deal with, mm-hmm. and um, interesting, you know, odd corners and pillars <laughs> and low ceiling here, medium ceiling here. Lower you guys have been here. to Church like, and Union, right? Yeah, You've seen that. exactly. You know, <laughs> it's like, like a total it's design cra- nightmare. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Like. But it, I mean, I looked at it as a challenge, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm like, okay, so instead to, of just like, you know, putting one low drop ceiling throughout this whole thing, like, let's play with all these pipes. Mm. And like, so that drove a lot of the like shapes and designs because we had to work around so much. Um, so I think we've done some clever things to kind of make that uh, advantageous to the space as yeah. opposed to a hindrance. So. It, it'll be fun. It's going to have um, a lot of fun textures, a lot of fun materials. Um, I've sourced some really beautiful marble from um, Bass Stone in New York. It's a cool. woman-owned, uh, all like all they do is like the most exotic crate. I mean, they do have like your Calcutta gold and all normal stuff like that too, but they're very passionate about like really interesting stones. Actually that stone on our backsplash is from them. Oh, that is um, cool. But yeah, so they have some really nice. interesting stuff. So it's, it's been really fun to kind of like go deep into like thinking about something that's a little bit more upscale. And I mean, I love the cadence of fine dining. Like I, yeah. I, I really, you know, enjoyed like my time at Quince. Obviously that's very high end. I don't think we're planning to do anything like quite like that, but, but just like the feel of it and the intimacy of it is Mm -hmm. um, something that I really like. And I think that you can do that. And frankly, like restaurant magic is when you can take the good stuff from the service of fine dining, Mm -hmm. but make it feel so relational and easy. And I've heard you talk about this in the past and it's a fascinating concept. Yeah. (laughs) Have you cracked the Da Vinci code on that yet? Because, because I think that's something that we we've been trying to do. And I think 
you know, I come from like Uber fine dining background. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and I love that kind of food. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never eat it. Right. Right. Like I'm a total, like, I'm kind of like you, like I'm, we're the same way. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like I'm totally chill. I wear yeah. shorts and I'm just like a t-shirt guy. I don't yeah. want to get dressed. Like I don't want the fuss, Yes. but I want the attention to the things that matter. That's right. right. Like the the yeah. feel, the food yeah. like that is important to me, but yeah. I don't really care about like somebody folding my napkin yeah. or, or like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, that kind of stuff. So what's the secret? Do you, do, have you figured it out well, yet? Well, I, I mean, you guys, you I, have, I will say the yeah. service, I have not, ha- I haven't been to the other places, but at Kindred, yeah. the service was impeccable. Well, it was awesome. And yeah. it was a great, for me, it was a great balance of um, like comfortable knowledge, uh-huh. you know, and then just like courtesy. Yeah. It wasn't stuffy yeah. at all. It was totally relaxed, but, yes. but still like, you know, like I felt like a guest in somebody's house, right? Mm-hmm. Like they weren't mm-hmm. like, Hey bud, yeah. you know, good to see you, bro. <laughs> you know, I mean, they were still like professional yeah. and courteous. No buttons of flair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was no flair going on. It was very just clean. Yeah. Um, and the knowledge was there and, and obvious, and it wasn't like forced knowledge, right? right? Like I felt like our, the staff that, that served us, like they knew their stuff, yes. right? They were comfortable with it. They didn't, they didn't have to like try to remember things or, yes. You know, and, and so I really appreciated that. Well, thank you. Yeah, um, yeah I think that the, the service, for me, I think it's a, a mix between a healthy culture, you know, like we're, that's pretty much all we do. I mean, outside yep. of when we open a new restaurant, the design and like setting up all those systems and stuff like that, like 90% of what we do on a day-to-day basis is managing and pouring into the culture mm. of each team and then the great, the team as a greater whole. Love it. Um, we need to talk in depth about that. Yeah. I mean, I, cause I mean, honestly, if, if the staff isn't happy to be there, it's really difficult for them to make the experience for the 100%. guests like uh, 100% hospitable, agree. right? Yep. Like, or genuine hospitality, you know, yep. it comes from a pe- person who's excited to be mm-hmm. where they're at. So we've always been really like culture hawks, um, uh, at all the, at all the restaurants, honestly. But, and I think part of it is like a lot of accountability, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and that's sort of the, the difficult piece that some people get a little uncomfortable with, but yes. like we do one-on-ones all the time with our team and, um, we hold people accountable, you know, not in a, not in a bad way, but yeah. in like a, just like constructive way. Yeah. That, um, so, so let's talk better. about accountability. Cause I think you're touching on a lot of like the juicy bits mm-hmm. about, the hospitality business mm-hmm. that people don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, that's, this is all the stuff that we work on too, right? right? Like if, if you want to become, in my opinion, like the future of hospitality, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think was what our generation is, right? Yeah. We're like the next evolution of the hospitality game. That's right. And it's not the way it was when we were all cutting our teeth, you know, yeah, back in the day. Yeah, throwing a sink at my head. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'll tell you guys off, off the thing, my, my, <laughs> hospitality story but um, (laughs) yeah yeah I mean (laughs) we uh, we don't have to rehash all those but but like it's about changing the culture right like it's a different environment now yeah right and um so you know we have to pour into that yes how do you do it like how because Mm -hmm. you know the workforce is different Mm -hmm. too Mm -hmm. you know like there isn't you know a ton of people that want to sacrifice 
you know, the way I feel like I, I did. And mm -hmm. I feel like you guys, you guys made it, you guys traveled around a bit and you've chased this yeah. dream and desire. Um, and what I'm seeing a lot, especially locally is people don't want to sacrifice so much mm -hmm. for their career or for their mm -hmm. direction. And so we have to cater to that, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, that's the for the workforce that we have and, and how do you create a culture of hospitality if that's the case? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. We're kind of probably the last generation of the old school, like, yeah. you know, working, grinding, it, nothing, out. grinding yeah. it out. Grinding it out. You don't saying, clock yeah. in or clock out. You just show up to work polishing. and you get a paycheck. <laughs> yeah, polishing <laughs> copper pots yeah. at three in the morning or whatever, <laughs> just because like punishing, you know, work. But, um, right. which, you know, take from it what you will there was good parts and bad parts to, to that but um i think to your point yeah i i think that um if we continue to just like adhere to it's it's i mean it's kind of like parent parenting mm -hmm. you know what i mean like you you have to we kind of call it like grace and truth right like you have to speak truth to people or they can't get better mm -hmm. but you have to do it graciously you mm -hmm. know what i mean and and those two things don't you know that those two things are true at the same time right you know yeah, so yeah you like, don't have to have one or the other yeah, it can be both because if it's yeah. one or the other then it's like you're either a total jerk or like you're a complete pushover but if right. you have, if you try and balance that where you're 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 giving telling people the truth and encouraging them to be better because at the end of the day like i would hate to have somebody that i work for not telling me that there's something I'm doing wrong. Right. I mean, frankly, Instead, it's yeah. kind of embarrassing. It's like, I've been <laughs> right. doing that wrong the whole time. Yeah, and you just, just didn't have the courage to tell me like, that's awful. So, yeah. so there's a lot of accountability and, and we try and do it always through the lens of them being a better version of themselves when they leave the restaurant, mm -hmm. you know, and you know, you could follow me around all day and I'm sure to disappoint you multiple times. You know what I mean? We don't get it right all the time right. and you know, we're human like everybody else, but I do think like if we keep that at the center of what we're trying to do, um, we can usually get good results of people like not feeling like we're attacking them or their character, but they are going to be pushed mm -hmm. to continually evolve and get better. Yeah. And I think sometimes that can also lead to a healthier culture because people feel like we're being honest with them. Right. We really genuinely want their them to be great. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But not just as an employee, but as a person. Yep. And sometimes the one-on-ones are more personal and like, you know, how can we better serve you right now mm -hmm. in your life? And yep. um, we're never bitter when anybody leaves. We encourage people to have a plan and we want to be involved in it. We want to know and like. Have you guys you always know, felt that way yes. about staff leaving? Yes. Because I used to get, I used to take it super personally. Yeah. I was like that crazy chef like in the early days where like I even, t I took my work super personally. And I know you guys do too, but yeah. at some point in your career and your, you know, maturity as a, professional you have to like separate that yeah you know where it's like okay people are gonna leave right yeah. and yeah. and and you know it took me a while to learn that lesson yeah. of like I want people actually to leave at some point and then go and go on and do great things and let that be you know an evolution of that's right of of my lineage or whatever, right? Like coming through our system and then going on to do great things is yeah, great for us. That's fantastic. You know? Yeah. But it took a while to get there. I was yeah. wondering if you guys were innately had that feeling or if it was kind of something that you 
uh, kind of matured into over time? I think, but we, I can only speak for myself. I mean, and then not to say that we don't sometimes take it personally. Sometimes we do, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Because yeah. you're like, oh, because you just, right. you're going to miss somebody yeah. or whatever. So You got a good team and you don't want people yeah, to Yeah, exactly. Like, but yeah. at the same time, like, and I've said it a million times to the team, like, you know, we don't know what the future holds for, for Kindred Studio, right? It could, yeah. We could end up going this direction, that direction. But at the end of the day, when we close Kindred and we close that door for the last time, um, hopefully by choice and not by, <laughs> um, because yeah. we have to, yeah. we, we just would love to look back at a wake of successful people yeah. and like, no matter what they end up going to do, like we got to be, play a small role in their life. You know what yeah. I mean? And like or a that, large one or a large yeah, one. And maybe. some, you know, and yeah. that we do have people that have been with us since day one who are making careers out of our company. And that's fantastic and very rewarding for us. But like even folks that spent just a little bit of time and then they'll, you know, send us a letter, you know, or a note. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just got one recently. I got a text message from an old employee who was watching some show or reading a book. Oh, he was reading, um, uh, unreasonable hospitality, the, the new book. Um, I haven't read it. I'll put it on my, yeah, it's, oh, it's, I haven't read it yet either. Joe's got it first. So I'm next, but, okay. um, he was reading that and he took the time to send me a text. He's like, man, I'm getting such kindred vibes out of this book. It's so oh, great. cool. Like, and I was just like, that's cool. And yeah, you know, that he is... worked for us for a little time, went off to do his own, you know, company, uh, making bread. And so it's like, you know, and now we use his bread at milk bread, you know, oh, that's so it's cool. just kind of a cool, like, that's yeah. a cool thing. You know? Yeah, that's great. So, yeah. I, I can't speak for Joe, though. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, anytime somebody leaves, whether it's, you know, on good terms or bad terms, it, you know, it, it provides a little bit of a challenge, right, as a mm -hmm. business owner. Um, but I think, like, as the years have gone over, I've definitely been able to take it a lot more. Like, Katie is an ace at it, where me, like, you know, the first thing I do is I'm like, gosh, I must have mismanaged that person mm -hmm. or like, wow, is our company too hard? Do we, you know, are we working them too much? Are we, you know, are they not, do we not pay enough? Like all those things go through and you kind of spiral and you get in your head. But I think like, you know, now that we have four restaurants, like I, I you know, at, at this point, like I can't worry about that stuff, you know, right. like there are people that like, you know, have left on, on bad terms. And like, what I always try and do is like, I'll try and extend like a little like hospitality hand, like after about three to six months. Mm -hmm. Um, like we had a sous chef at sailor who was like, before he worked with us, he was like a dear friend, like a family friend. Mm -hmm. Um, and he ended up like having a disagreement with like a fundamental disagreement with how a situation was handled. And I don't think this time I was involved in it, but he ended up, you know, leaving just kind of abruptly. And like, we just had coffee at milk bread and it was like, it was like seeing my little brother, you know, yeah. we were like totally cool. Um, you know, because I mean, let's face it, like, you know, we do run a company that like, we want to be great and it's not necessarily like the easiest business to be in, as you know, no, you know, and, not. and a lot of times like it's stressful. Right. And, and I think this new generation, if there's one thing that like, I would love for like our government or something to do would be to like pour in on like stress management and mental health in these young kids. I'm glad you uh, brought because that I up. just I just feel like 
you know, the, the amount of anxiety and the amount of like just issues with how to deal with conflict and this, that, and the other, it's just like, I feel like it's, it's something that like our restaurant or our industry has to tackle. And, and and even not in this industry, like, you know, whether you're like building widgets or doing the United States, like people just need to get their mental health under control. And I get it. I mean, I've had, you name it, I've had anxiety, depression, all that stuff. And I think it's, you know, we're all vulnerable people and can be easily influenced. But I think it's like having those coping skills, like, you know, telling people like, Hey, yeah, I go see a therapist. Like I'm a crazy dude. I need help Mm -hmm. too, you know? Um, and having the confidence to like be in a position like you're in to where it's like, Hey, let me influence this next generation that like, it's okay to talk about your feelings like, yeah. and it's okay to not feel good. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? The shrinks love me. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I've got all the things, man. I'm like all the boxes, like addiction, depre- like <laughs> check yeah. the box. Right. Um, uh, yeah. It's just like, just yes. <laughs> the yeah. answer is yes. Um, yeah. No, but, but, but that's a good point, right? Is like when you're, I, I don't know if it's a cultural thing or whatever, but it's clearly an epidemic, right? Like yeah. mental health is a, is a problem. Nobody's perfect. We're all flawed in some way. We all have issues. Yeah. Um, and people just need to start owning that stuff. And I think you nailed it is like the sooner that that stigma is gone or at least tempered and people start to, you know, work on that. You know, like the same way you work on your knife skills or whatever, like you got to work on your, your noodle, you know, you got to work on your, your brain a little bit and, um, it's going to make things a lot easier for sure. Yeah. I think if you treat your brain like a muscle and you exercise it through like, you know, talk, whether that's, you know, to your spouse or to your partner or to a shrink, like whatever it is that like floats your boat, Mm -hmm. um, or even just like, you you know, meditation, whatever whatever it is that like gets your rocks out, you know, like I think it just helps, um, you know, and it's going to help everything in your life mm-hmm. for me. What is it? What is it for you? What is, what is the thing that you like to do to keep your sanity? So or at least contain it. I know it's hard to kind well, of keep I, it totally think, under control, but you got to yeah. keep it just sort of balanced. I think. Well, I think like, it's funny, like Katie and I, we, we've always, you know, we'll kind of like bounce around from like one thing to the another. Like yeah. I, I have undiagnosed ADHD. So like you got about an hour with me before I'm like looking around, twiddling my hands, like, all right, dude, yeah. like what's next? Yeah. Like, can we go over to this restaurant or let's, let's go, let's go try and fry this or let's yeah. go do something. Yeah. I got to do something new. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like I, my... I need to change the scene. Yeah. Um, and I think that passed on to both of our sons, but oh, well. <laughs> um, so right now, like Katie and I love, we're doing this fitness thing called F 45 and, um, I think that just helps with your mental health. So like when you yeah. get like that text or you get that like email or you get that phone call that like immediately your, your brain wants to go in like reaction mode or like for me, sometimes I go into that fix it mode and like a lot of times it can't be fixed. And mm-hmm. that I've had to realize that like you can't fix everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just have to take a gut punch or you have to like, you have to trust the system. You have mm-hmm. to be like, all right, well, we have an HR director for this. We have a controller for this. We have a, this for that. And we've really tried to build out like our executive team to give us more layers of like, you know, accountability, but also like more, um, layers of like, Hey, you know, this needs to go to this person. This needs to go to that person. And this needs to be handled by so, so, so. Mm-hmm. And then the things that get to us, it's like, we, we know how to best suit it. Um, but yeah, I love doing F 45 with Katie. Um, I think that's, that's really fun. Like release. Um, I'm on a new kick where like I've been playing pickleball with this group of folks that are really fun. 
Um, and it's like just, you know, it's an opportunity to compete doing something other than cooking. Um, but it's like, it's so fast. There's like no memory. So you can get (laughs) your butt kicked. Like you can get pickled, which is what it's called. Um, (laughs) or like, you know, you can win, you know, and then like the neck, it's just so quick games last like eight, nine minutes and there's no memory. So it's just like, it's to me, it's, it's like competing and being on a team, but it's like, and every time your partner switches, you know, so you're playing with a new random person and you could, you just get to learn about them, you know, like some of them are like as old as like 80 years old and they're starting to become my friends. And some of them are, you know, (laughs) 19 year old kids that just smoke me. Um, but it's just like, it's just really fun for me and and Katie plays too. So it's just a great thing for us to be able to do as partners that is like, you know, healthy, but also like, you know, burns off some steam, burns yeah. off some stress, some you know, energy yeah, and all that. exactly. Nice. How about you? What's your, what's your mental, like <laughs> you nailed it. No, you did perfect that time. <laughs> um, yeah, I just do a lot of drugs. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, definitely exercise is probably the number one. Yeah. Um, just because it's like the first thing we do every day. Yeah, you guys you know are both I mean? pretty active, active yeah, like always into sports been. and yeah. like all that mm-hmm. kind. Of. We I was an athlete in college and Joe yeah. was big time swimmer, so um so that has always been a big part for me to yeah. like get out there and run or do like we do the you know, fitness training in the morning and stuff like that. Um I also love to read. Um it, and that kind of helps me because um, I'm kind of like I love to learn. Yeah. And when I stop learning, it's kind of like him with like getting, you know, needing to do something new. Yeah. Like I'm like tactile. a hybrid. I'm like a hybrid of you two. Oh yeah. Like okay. I'm like super like I have to be doing stuff all yeah. the time, but I like to learn new stuff. So yes. I'm constantly like picking up weird new like hobbies and stuff. You know. <laughs> yeah. Corey's like, oh, what is it? Like, what are you on now? Oh, right? like, I'm the total yeah. same way. Yeah. 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 And I've, I've been like that forever. Like in high school, I'm like, I want to take welding and this and that. <laughs> yeah. and like, you know, I, I love that. And that's actually one of the things that's so fun about this new sort of design, um, thing, you know, like, because that is not something I studied in school. Right. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like, it's you just, just kind of like, is it that you just, one, you have like an eye for it and it's interesting to you and, or, is it about you, you need the place to look or be a certain way? Like, I think it's both. It's a little bit of both. Yeah. And I think. Do you not trust anybody else to do it? Or you just want it to be. <laughs> Joe, Joe's shaking his head. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. Yeah. I don't, you know, I think. Well, because I know what that's like. You know, yeah. it's, like, it's like designing a kitchen. Like, you're not going to have just some, like, no face person in a, in a cubicle. I want to touch on that too, because we're talking about the space and the design. And my question was, do you design around the kitchen or does the kitchen fit into? It's both. In our company, the kitchen fits into her design. Okay. Because we suffer from that too sometimes. Like me and my partner, see that that is also the beauty and the curse of a partnership, right? right? Is you've got people that are really good at different things. Like me and my business partners, None of them can cook or creative in yeah. a culinary way. Mm-hmm. Um, our team handles all of that. Yeah. Um, but they have expertise in areas of the business mm-hmm. or, or, you know, whether it's, you know, developing the concepts and mm-hmm. um, marketing and things like that, that, that I am just like completely clueless about. Right. So together we're like, you know, incredibly strong as a team. Right. Um, but then we have those conflicts where it's like, you know, mm-hmm. when we're working on design, it's like, well, the kitchen needs to be this. And they're like, well, we need, you know, but yeah. you got to have seats too. And you got to yeah. have like, so everybody has, 
an important role to play. 100%. So yeah. how do you guys manage that? Well, I Katie, think that, <laughs> um, I think that one of the, similar to you guys, one of the more unique um, things about our group is that we do everything in-house, mm-hmm. right? The only thing that we don't do is PR because that, it's like, we want to tell our own story. We want to do our own branding. We want to do our own design. We want to design our own kitchen, you know, all that stuff. And then we just need you to put your foot in the door, get out of the way, and then we'll walk through it. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. cause we want to be the one that's doing the talking, but like, so, you know, we always have handled everything else internally. Um, and I think that that's cool though, because then we can, we can shape the restaurant experience from start to finish like to be completely cohesive you Mm -hmm. know what I mean so everything is talking to everything Mm -hmm. as opposed to like you know I didn't know that that was going to look like that or like well you know what I mean like and so I think while I'm you know we made plenty of mistakes over the years I think we're getting better and better and better and I think that um the restaurant experience is going to become even tighter and more cohesive as a result Mm -hmm. um but as far as like the physical like restaurants I mean (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they've all is been it, different so I don't know I, I mean is I it think, kind of like alright Joe you get 300 square feet no no no, no. <laughs> no. he gets or, whatever space he needs but I think that <laughs> each space has been a different challenge so Kindred the only way for it to work was for the kitchen to be in the basement right like that was the only feasible to yeah put it. Um, and when we figured out we could put it down there obviously the entire kitchen was whatever we wanted to do with it. We ended up putting a chef's table down there though, because the walk-in would not fit. Mm. Um, so we had to build a thing on the outside for the walk-in. Um, and then sailor was an existing restaurant. So that yeah. kind of fixed a lot was of that. Already there. Yeah. First milk bread was an existing restaurant. The dairy queen was an existing sort of restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, Albertine has been the first space where it's kind of blank slate a little could, bit. Yeah. We could decide whatever size of the kitchen. And I think it's pretty big. It's a great kitchen. A great kitchen yeah. So cool. See, <laughs> <laughs> finally you've got, you've got the hot rod. <laughs> yeah. But you know, but I think for the design to feel right and the flow to feel right, you, ha- I, I always have to advocate for design. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah, it's sure. really important for the guest experience to, for it to feel right. Yeah. You know and what I, th- I mean? I think with every part of the kind of, conceptual process like each part is super important 100%. like when the guest walks through the door yeah. they have a feeling or if yeah. they see and hear and smell things mm-hmm. and so what's that going to be right and you yeah. have to you have to figure that out yeah. at the same time like they're there to eat like people yeah. don't go to restaurants just to hang out that's right like they come to be taken care of and to yeah. eat and drink so that has to be a priority as well yeah well and 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 i'm sure this is true with you guys or i'm not sure maybe you can t- enlighten mm. me but we definitely feel like service is I mean everything is important and it's like that three-legged stool example you know like you you can't work without all three but I would go back to a restaurant where the food was only okay if the service experience was phenomenal and I've actually had experiences like that um if the food was terrible maybe not (laughs) but but like you know if they've missed a couple marks on the food but the service was super genuinely fantastic I would definitely go back i'll agree with that yeah but like if you have great food but you feel like you've been treated like absolute like you're you know what i mean i don't think this i don't think the service will save a a, a dirty room though like if i go yeah, into a dying I mean, room that's like dirty or yeah. like kind of gross 
and the service is great, I'm still not going back. Yeah. Are you? I might give them. I'll give them a business card. Yeah. I'll be like, hey, you know what? You should come talk to us. Yeah. (laughs) Let me get you out of here. We're big time maintenance people too. Yeah. And like I, you know, and I'm not even just dirtiness, but like I get so frustrated when things are just run down. Yeah. And And like you know, just replace it. Yeah. Just like that's a that's a tough part that that I find with the stuff that we do because we do a lot of volume, Mm -hmm. um, and it's part of our model is mm-hmm. to be busy. Mm-hmm. And so our stuff gets beaten up, man. Yeah. Like our floors get just trashed mm-hmm. and it's, you know, luckily for us, the, the design choices that we have in kind of our decor is that it looks like a, a busy bustling place. So yeah. like a little bit of wear and tear is, is acceptable because it yeah. fits kind yeah, of the Yeah, but vibe. that's a smart design choice yeah. on, on your part. But you like broken I mean? stuff, I can't, yeah. I, I hate that. I mean, we had this one, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to blow us up right now. Okay. I'm going to blow up our church and union. (laughs) We had this one women's room and I don't even know this. I just hear about it all the time. I'm never in there. I've never seen it, but I hear about this one lock on the women's stall that's been, it had been broken for like months or something. And I just keep getting like, somebody will message me and be like, Hey, heads up, you know? And, And we'll like, Hey, we need to fix this. This is on the maintenance thing. And it just was for some reason was never getting fixed. And like, to me, I'm like, why is this a thing? You know, like it's, this is America. We can't fix a latch. Like, let's get it done. (laughs) I've been there. And so for my version of the women's room thing is Hello Sailor's photo booth. Yeah. And like it had a sign on it out of order for like two months. And I just, every time I would walk by that thing, I would cringe. And like, it finally got to the point where like this new guy that we brought on, um, his name's Sam. He, uh, worked with us at Kindred. Um, and he's kind of now like a floating guy. And like, we like, we, we set him down. We're like the photo booth. I don't care what you do yeah. for your onboarding process, but it's going to be fixed. Yeah. And sure enough, like he got it fixed, yeah, thankfully, you know, but it was like, you know, Katie always talks about broken window, the broken windows theory of like, you know, if, um, you know, if you walk, walk past a house, you walk past something and like, there's a window broken. Well, that's going to entice somebody else to go break another window. And then it's going to be, they're going to break down the front door and then the graffiti yep. takes over and this, that, and the other. And yep. we kind of try and take that mindset with like all of our equipment and like, you know, it always like some of the, like, like our HVAC, there was an issue at Kindred in the kitchen where the kitchen was like, it wasn't comfortable. Yeah. And so what did we do? We turned around and we dropped like 15 G's in the kitchen and we, made the kitchen comfortable, yeah. you know, but like those two months for those, those chefs down there, it was like, dude, that's not cool. Yeah. Like that, that, that's a choice. And we got to invest in that. It's hard to stay inspired yeah. when you're like miserable, yeah. yeah, you know, or uncomfortable or just in a difficult situation. Right? Like the most difficult part with a new restaurant has been like trying to make it so that when you're standing in front of the wood burning grill, you are not like drenched and like that that's been the biggest thing to work with with our our engineers and they understand because like at every restaurant we've had to add HVAC because like I want I'm a believer that like you know we talk about like this new generation and stuff like that like if they're in an environment that's not too hot then like it's just going to make everything they're going to be comfortable right and I think that's all about like trying to get to that inner peace like relaxation thing and let's face it like the first thing that gets cut in a kitchen is the, is the amount of tonnage that comes in, is, you know? Totally. And so like on this one, we're like, we're not doing that. Like I've been told by our guy from Captive Air who's designed all of our hood systems. He's like, Joe, I promise you, whoever's <laughs> working that grill, they're going to be super comfortable. So I think that just goes to show you, like those are the little things that we're trying to do to like 
Is it going to be hot? Yeah, it's going to be hot, yeah. but at least it's going to be like tolerable, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're Good excited. Good for you. Is this going to be an open kitchen or closed? Yeah, yeah it's like, yeah, kind of half and What's half. I don't like, I'm not an open kitchen guy. Okay. Like I, I like. Roosters was open, wasn't Roosters it? Roosters was, but yeah. like I like to be able to like, you know, Friday night at Kindred, if we don't have a chef's table, we're like bumping Biggie and yeah. like just or <laughs> yeah. whatever we're into, you know, or even like whatever the saute cook. Hey, yeah. you know, what do you so want to listen to? Yeah, you got, you got 20 minutes. Yeah. Play, play your, play your playlist. Yeah. You know, and it's funny, <laughs> like I'll come down during prep time and they're like rocking Taylor Swift sometimes <laughs> yeah. or like, you know, it's just, it's all over the place. But, um, I, I like the clothes and I also feel like there's a, there's a certain level of camaraderie in a kitchen that, yeah. um, that's not to say we won't ever have an open kitchen, but I just like the you know, the banter that goes on back and forth, the good, you yeah. know, the bad, even the bad banter sometimes I think is just hilarious. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. people making fun of people. Yeah. I mean, is it, is that the best thing? No, but as long as you're involved and like, you know, you're patrolling it and nobody's getting their feelings hurt. I think all that stuff's great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a fan of the closed kitchen. I think we would, I think we would like to do an open kitchen. Like, I think that concept would be fun at some point, although I'm less inclined to do it now because I'm not in the kitchen every day. Like, I think if it were, you know, five, six years, like 10 years ago when I was like in the kitchen every day, like grinding out, that would have been super cool. But now that I'm not in there every single night, I'm kind of like, eh. I kind of feel like it, it also here, it, like after working in California, it's like North Carolina kitchens are not that pretty. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh -uh. Like when you go to we don't Seattle. Spend, yeah, we don't spend a ton of money on like... <laughs> Well, the, like, cause you can't, I mean, like when yeah. we were in Seattle, um, a couple years ago and you know, where, where were we? Walrus and the carpenter. And they have like all these beautiful little terracotta dishes of their mise en place laying out room temperature <laughs> yeah. because that's what you can do. Yeah. You and can do like, whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it, yeah. you know what I mean? Like there's windows open and this, that, and I mean, we can't do that. Like, yeah. it's like the surface of the sun bright back there. Yeah. Everything <laughs> is covered in, you know, like white you know yeah, plastic, or plastic or, or whatever. like stainless Lightable. steel and like yeah which i get the least you know expensive I mean? wipeable cleanable yeah, exactly. material you can put up yeah i mean i don't know i, yeah. I feel if, it, if kitchens weren't so sterile here yeah. then it would be kind of fun to have like something yeah. that felt more organic and beautiful and like you know but like I don't know, man. It's yeah. kind of hard to make a pretty kitchen in North it, Carolina. It is. I mean, I think I think kitchens can be pretty for chefs because we like that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, exactly. I li like I can walk onto like if I walk onto a station that's like perfectly mised out and like everything's wiped down and the, yeah. the cutting board isn't stained. Yeah. I'm like, man, you are gonna go places. Yeah. Like I like that's right. I'll just whisper in their ear. I'm like, you're gonna be a rock star one yeah. day. As I alluded to earlier, this is the part of the show where my computer battery died. Unfortunately, we didn't get to wrap up the conversation, but as you can see, we had a blast chatting together. Um, Joe and Katie do such an amazing job trying to make the hospitality business better for their employees and their company, um, and they put so much thought and care into the ambiance, food, decor, um, just the feels of um, their establishment. So if you haven't checked out one of their places, definitely give them a try you will not be sorry and i look forward to catching up with them a little closer to the opening of their new spot downtown so uh, until next time thank you for listening and i'll talk to you soon